1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the past 30 years, Care Heating and Cooling put you first. You are the reason they are open seven days a week. You are why they make it easy to schedule service at careheatingandcooling.com. Concern for your safety is why they check every gas furnace for carbon monoxide. It's because of you that their technicians are paid to fix your furnace and air conditioner, not sell you a new one. And if you do need a new furnace, their team will make sure you get exactly what you need at a cost that fits your budget. Care Heating and Cooling is committed to doing business right. Call them at 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Stopping the rot at the Emirates, a valuable point against Arsenal in the Premier League. But should we have won? We chat about that game. We also discuss Fulham. We talk to Fulhamish on the first sacking in the Premier League this season. We chat Harry Redknapp in the jungle, Arsenal Fan TV. We also chat to Manny Singh when you're winning. He's been raising money for Dementia UK with Samosa Saturday and lots more in there too. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week are Harry Mansell. Hello everyone. Dan Bayliss. Hello the Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hello there everybody. And Harry, can you give the socials a plug and where people can find us when they tell their friends? Yeah, so it's the Wolves 77 Club on Instagram and Facebook and at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter and obviously we're on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud. Please give us a rate and uh, yeah, subscribe. Yeah, hit that subscribe button. Uh, it'll mean a lot to us and it won't make what we do completely pointless. Well, it's the first time ever, Harry, that we've probably come away from the Emirates really, really angry that we haven't won a game of football there. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say I was angry, but uh, I was disappointed. Like, 
again obviously we went one up after 13 minutes clinical we, we took our chance when it came our way but then we had so many chances second half especially in the late stages and but it's a great point there but it's mad that we've come away thinking we should have bloody won here's Nuno we came from the championship last season we stay humble we do the things we want to do we play how we want to play we have to improve we will try and do it the results will come naturally but come to such a difficult stadium like his Emirates to play such a good team like his Arsenal and even in the end of the game thinking we could have won it that's the, the mentality that you want Dan you were sort of spying for the 77 club weren't you you and the home end at the Emirates just talk to me about what that's like to begin with very quiet mm. <laughs> um, lots of accents from around the world not that many cockneys um, lots of camera phones going off uh, that's pretty much how to describe it it's a, it's a big tourist attraction in North London and uh, it's not even one of the cheaper ones <laughs> to be fair no not at all bloody hell I was going to um, say I nearly got booted out three times well I sort of said I went with some, some friends from work and as I was sat there in about the 80th just after they scored so what the 85th minute or something I was like, if we get one here, I'm going up. Fuck it, I'm going up. I'll get, I'll take it. I'll get killed. And when he hit that crossbar, I was just like, oh, no, I'm, I'm dead, I'm dead. Just tell a funny story about when we scored because I was with Seb when I. You're in a box, weren't you, Harry? Just for a bit of context. Because obviously Seb's uh, one of Seb's customers invited us in a box, and uh, when we scored, we were like, we were discussing it before the game. Like, if we score, should we celebrate, Seb? Because obviously it's full of Arsenal fans. We we're like, nah, nah, just a bit of a fist pump, it'd be alright when it went in we went absolutely mental and as we was going mental the steward walked over and he's like lad you can't do that in here this is like basically the home end so then we started jumping up and down hugging each other but not making any noise so it was just jumping up and down hugging. so it's like dry humping then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it got warned another couple of times after that as well when we come close we nearly got kicked out but it was a great laugh another person in another part of the ground Jack you were in with the Wolves fans I was in with the Wolves fans yeah and uh like uh, Harry and Seb seems like they were doing the box it went off a little bit when we did score and yeah towards the end as well if when that Gibbs White one bounced off the bar from from where we're sat it was at the opposite end to us and as soon as he hit that I thought you know just you know when you can see someone hit a ball I thought bloody hell that's in for like yeah. a flat split second yeah. and then it bounced and it sort of like went off the underside of the bar and if it had been an inch lower it would have, it would have gone in off it, it was definitely at your end Jack say again it was at your end wasn't it you were in the away end was it <laughs> yeah God, Mate, I was hammered. I just got getting drunk at football. I do. It was definitely, it was definitely in the goal where the Wolves fans were because it was the opposite end to me. Because I couldn't. Yeah, tell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the goal in the first half was the opposite end to us. That's why I must be getting confused. But yeah, I do need to stop drinking before football games. It does really cloud my vision. I think you did send me a, a picture of a Jaeger bomb at about 11 a.m. So I imagine yeah. it, it went downhill from there. Uh, Harry, an unchanged side for Wolves. We sort of touched on that it would probably be the case who was a standout player for you before that first substitution was made with uh, Jota coming back in for Cavs 61 minutes yeah I'm going to say that Jimenez was the stood out for me but everybody was good like everyone everyone played really well and um, another one that stood out for me was Johnny as well because I, I know I said that he might I, I, you know I would have had Vanagra in for him but yeah, he's probably the best he's played in ages but yeah for me the actual standout I had to pick one was Jimenez he worked so hard and obviously provided the assist for the goal as well Jack standout player for you from that side I want to give a, a shout out actually to Helder Costa because I thought Costa oh, yeah, had, had, yeah. had a very good game it was really weird actually because one thing I do remember from the game is the bloke sat behind us was just slating Costa for the whole game saying he was terrible and I thought he had a great game I thought he did probably mm. had his best game of the season so far and yeah shout out to him I thought he played really well 
There you go, Helder. The guy that doesn't know one end of the pitch from the other said you had a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice one thing talking about the Gibbs White effort? Maybe I spotted it because I wasn't going absolutely mental with all the Wolves fans, but um, Traore was offside and the ref flagged a bit, or the line mm-hmm. flagged a bit, and I thought it meant that it had gone over, you know, like a goal line technology thing. Although these I just went start, off, like. Yeah, I started going. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sounds painful. I've never watched the last 10 minutes of a game like that of Wolves going, God, do them, do them, do them. I just... It just looked like we were going to score. Harry, yeah, you mentioned that one-on-one there, Traore. Oh, I mean, how quick is that guy? I mean, oh, a, a couple God. of minutes before that, when he'd sort of gone round in a, a big arc, chasing the <laughs> yeah. ball, but he, he almost caught up with it. That's the thing, isn't he? Oh, man. When As soon as they, they cleared it and we seen him going, I was like, oh, my God, there's no way they're catching him here. And he was gone, wasn't he? But then he let himself down because he took it a bit too wide. He showed a bit good of composure to cut back, but you just wanted to absolutely welly it, didn't you? As soon as the chance came, yeah. like, as soon as he got in the box. But it'll come for him. If he could be clinical, Jesus Christ, especially when we're playing on the counter as well. He's one man that had a good game. We've left everything out there, it's as simple as that. And to say we're disappointed is an understatement, it really is. We're, we came here with, a, with an objective to win, but to stop the rust of we've been beat three times and we didn't want to carry that on, but we have to win the game. It's as simple as that. Towards the end of the game, we have to win it. Scored, I thought we limited them to really nothing. They've hit the post, okay, but and they score across. I couldn't believe my eyes, so no, we're disappointed, we really are. We, we've got to win games like that. Couldn't believe my eyes either, just went straight in, didn't it, Jack? It's annoying to, to lose to a goal like that. I mean, they had a golden chance shortly before that that they probably should have scored when it, when it bounced off, off the side of the post after being squared back. Oh, yeah. The thing is, though, after about 60 minutes, this is away at Arsenal as well. This is away at a team that went on a massive you know, winning run at the start of the season have, you know, and are still unbeaten now, had a few draws lately. But going there and thinking after 60 minutes, a second goal kills this and this game's over and I honestly thought yeah. that and and to have those chances to have like the Jota chance and the Traore chance before they scored I think if either of those had gone in that would have killed the game off and it would have been done and it is it is just ultimately frustrating when you look at the, the last four games where we've only picked up one point and okay we've had two very tough games in Spurs and Arsenal to, but to pick up one point from those four games and, we'd, and you know, we're really disappointed because it could have been could have been so many more Harry after the game you sort of took a picture and, and sent to the group of Arsenal fan TV <laughs> and yeah. they're, they're just mobbed aren't they hundreds of oh, fans gosh. around them yeah. wait, and people are waiting and, and filming reactions like this it's a loss. You do not draw with Wolves at home. I don't care. Even the fucking scum beat fucking beat Wolves. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. How much we got up front? And Ozil did not make his paycheck this week. Someone deduct his wages. I want some. I want some. How about that? How about that? I want some? Because literally, where was he? You want when you when you're asking for these players in big games to perform, it's not even a top six side, Rob. It's not a toxic side. I'm so disappointed. I'm screaming my head off the whole game. I'm shouting my head off, and they're not performing. And then you took off. You took off the one. You took off the one guy that I thought was going to do something. And Torreira's still our man of the match. Every game you can't be man of the match. We can't be a second half team every week. Every week we can't be a second half team. Go on, Dan. Bring you in on that. No, I can promise he wasn't shouting his head off the entire game because you could hear a fucking pin <laughs> drop in that stadium. <laughs> All they sing in it is Arsenal. Arsenal and you're like oh my god every time they get a corner and it's the worst song yeah. ever that's but all don't they, they sing they, go and they put it up on the big screen don't yeah, they, they do. Arsenal yeah. oh, Arsenal god. just so uh, people know just, what um, to say going off the back of what he said there like he was basically saying we're not a top six team and all that I don't want to be like, like an after time rear, but last week we were all quite optimistic with me I know Bayliss played devil's advocate with his score prediction and all that but I think when we play teams that we know are going to come at us and give us space 
I think we're always quietly confident, aren't we? Especially when we can hit them on the counter. It's just teams like when we go to Brighton and probably against Huddersfield as well, is when they sit back, is when we're going to struggle. I feel like when teams come at us is when we're at our best, like, like what we showed against Arsenal. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's definite. We can obviously tell. Even looking back to last year is, and we've said it before, when teams sit back against us, we really struggle to break them down. And the mm. reason we've created these chances against these bigger teams is because they've got that mentality, like that Arsenal fan TV bloke, that oh, it's Wolves at home, we have to go for them, we have to battle mm-hmm. them, we have to do this and that, and that does play into our hands, particularly in terms of creating chances. Because when you've got the wingers that we have and the, the midfield playmakers like we have who can play balls out, we're always going to be dangerous on on the break. It doesn't matter who we play. Dan, Morgan Gibbs-White came on and made, made a huge difference again today. Moutinho, do you think that Gibbs-White is doing enough to get into a side that's going to face Huddersfield? No, I don't think either of them. Moutinho was very good, in my opinion. It just wanted to change things up. We just It was really hard battle in the middle. I think both of them worked their socks off to sort of keep us in a position where we could keep the ball out wide and keep the pace going. And Neves especially, as well as Moutinho, I think they control it both very well and are still the world-class players that we've seen. Gibbs White is young, fresh, is getting his opportunity and doing brilliantly well. It's it's literally six one, half dozen the other of who you think should start the game. But at the moment, I think the maturity and sheer quality in Matinho gives him that starting spot. I just want to highlight Ryan Bennett here and picked up from the Premier League, Ryan Bennett versus Van Dijk. Obviously, one was a free transfer... And one was a painter. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. And interceptions, Bennett has 19 to Van Dyke's 14. Tackles, Bennett has 23 to 13. Tackles, one. Bennett again in his favour, 11 to 10. No last man tackles for either. Clearances, Van Dyke edges that 67 to 57. Headed clearances, and I think this is one of the most important ones, 37 to 31 in Bennett's favour. Aerial battles, one, 46 to 44. Penalties conceded, none for Bennett and one for Van Dyke. I mean, this is crazy isn't it that we're talking about a Wolves centre back bearing in mind Wolves a team that has had people like Neil Collins playing at the back for long periods <laughs> of time uh, and being able to compare it with you know record signings it's just great isn't it Harry? It's crazy those stats are actually mad because obviously he had a bad game last week against Spurs didn't he like we pointed out but yeah. for the rest of the this season and for a lot of last season he was incredible so I know a lot of Wolves fans were saying that some Wolves fans are crazy for saying he's got he should have a chance for England, but I still stand by that. I think you know the way he's performed. Why not? It's just because his name's Bennett and not bloody Van Dyke that he's not being looked at. Very very true, and he's not playing for DC United, so then he. <laughs> Jack Price for England. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, I picked up this tweet that says Arsenal fans react differently when different players make mistakes and it is a parody and I'll I'll sort of give you the subtitles of what the videos are but it involves Gordon Ramsay and it's a reflection on how some Arsenal fans approach certain players and I'll just uh, play it now for you it's on Oatsall I'm here to help you please don't get upset hey don't worry listen 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 Bellerin Welbeck McIntyre fuck up fuck up get out I have three daughters Torreira Matilda and they always cry in the kitchen but they cry with laughter so I'm not leaving till you laugh (laughs) good luck you you this is Elneny Jenkinson and Bellerin again you you fuck off out of here (laughs) get out hey excuse me fuck me how about fuck you you Uh, (laughs) Lacazette amaze me every time every night you turn up here you amaze me you're a great Petr Cech fucking talker but you're a shit cook 
Come here. <laughs> How do we go? Getting doozy. So, come on. Hey, that's all. Do me a favour, Ramsey. Get out. Yes, yeah. Fuck off, will you? Dear God, of souffle. Please make that rise and taste sumptuous and delicious. Good luck. Thank you. Medium to win. Shaka Mustafi. And that's well done. Well done to you. And well done to you. I can't believe just how inconsistent you are. So there you go. Uh, Gordon Ramsay and Arsenal fans and various Arsenal players. What would you rate that performance out of 10, Harry? I'll give it a solid 8 because we didn't take our chance at the end as it would have been a 10, obviously, if we'd have won it. Bayliss? 8. Jack? 4. Four. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's yeah. It's got to be eight across the board. I'd say, and yeah, only hampered by us not being clinical, which seems to be the story of our season so far. You might be right there. Now, this next thing that we were going to talk about, which was, is it unusual that no manager has been sacked in the Premier League yet? And then on the day we come to do the podcast, Fulham sack. Ivanovic and we've spoken to our friends over at Fulhamish and I caught up with Jack Kelly just to get their views on it. Are you shocked by uh, Slavisa's sacking? Uh, yeah, that was my initial reaction. It was just surprised. I, I was shocked. And then obviously Ranieri was announced at basically the same time. So it was kind of that double surprise and, and shocked at the same time. And it's obviously been on Khan's mind for a long time to have the replacement ready to go. Was it something that you saw coming? Kind of. I mean, the, the performance at Huddersfield, I don't know if you saw the game, was, was below par. It was. It, it didn't show any signs of the kind of style that we wanted to implement on Huddersfield at all. They, they completely dominated us, really, and, and didn't let us play. But at Liverpool, it was improved. So I was asking questions after the game of, of whether maybe he was going to be given to the Southampton game and then we'll see but you can understand logically why we've got Ranieri in at at this point um, in the season when the international break is going on gives him time just to uh, calm things down get to know the player and and get to know the environment of Fulham Essentially a third of the way through the season pretty much Fulham bottom of the league do you expect that to change do you think Ranieri is the right man for the job? Yeah you'd like to think so Ranieri did wonders at Leicester He, he did incredible things he won the league to get Fulham out of this relegation battle is, is going to be very difficult, especially with the leaky defence. But Ranieri, I was just watching an interview with him, his first with the club, he seems to be you know, very focused on the defence and you know, the, Itali- the Italian coaches seem to be very dependent and they give it as a priority to, to sort out the defence. If he can sort out that defence, we, we could see improvements come the game against Southampton and, and maybe we can get out of this. Would you swap Sessegnon for Neves? <laughs> when I swap Sessegnon for Neves um, we're still bitter oh I'm not sure I just think Sessegnon going forward down that left hand side with his pace going forward just could be a little bit more important for us right now than a, than a holding midfielder in Ruben Neves albeit Ruben Neves is a fantastic player but if you have like someone like uh, Seri or Kenny in that in that position, then I think we're okay. But Neves is a great player. That's uh, Jack Kelly there from Fulhamish. Fulhamish, obviously, uh, Fulham bottom of the league. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, hang on, hang on. I thought they were, I thought they were going to finish about fourth, weren't they? With the world's best <laughs> player as well. The world's best player. <laughs> Do you think it's strange that only one Premier League manager has been sacked so far this season? The average since the Premier League began by the end of November so I mean we are a couple of weeks away from that and it is the international break to be fair is usually around the 5-6 mark Jack? The one thing I will say on this is I was looking at the table the other day and when you probably look at 
the team's expectations at the start of the season as to how the tables panned out so far, it looks kind of pretty spot on, I think. I don't think that the table as it stands now is going to be that far away from how it finishes when you look at the teams down the bottom and the teams towards the top. So the fact there hasn't been many sackings, maybe the only you sack a manager when you're coming in well below your expectations that were set at the start of the season. And Fulham, obviously, as we were joking then, obviously, with the amount of money they spent and the way they play football, they were tipped to do really well. And they haven't done that. And that's why they've had a sacking. But maybe everybody else has either had, you know, a little inconsistent good spells and bad spells. So uh, they're, they're being given a bit more time because at the moment, where their league position actually is, is not that far away from where their expectations were at the start of the season. Yeah, I think you're quite maybe. right on that. There have been a few that have been very close. I think Mourinho didn't have long left when they beat Newcastle. I think the fat Spanish waiter's not far off, but then he's got nothing to spend and nothing to do. Yeah. So it's a bit of a tough one. Huddersfield are rubbish, but they haven't, they haven't really done a lot, but I think he's quite a good coach. So it's like three or four that are sort of yeah. in the mix of going, but are probably doing just enough to keep their job, as you said. I think another point of it is that which managers are actually available? Harry Redknapp. <laughs> well, he's going in the jungle, isn't he? so uh, he's, not, he's not available. Oh, unfortunately, Sam. Sam Allardyce is just causing havoc on Talksport, isn't he? It's the same names in it all the time. It's like but it, it is a managerial merry-go-round, particularly of British managers. Mm. Very, very true. Uh, what was uh, Sam Allardyce saying on Talksport, Harry? He was. Uh, he's been arguing with the Moose. You know, the Moose, the sports correspondent. Yes, mm. they had a massive Barney the other day. It's basically Sam Allardyce. He's just. He's too big for his boots, man. He thinks he's like. It's hard to explain. You have to listen to the clip, but I, I thought he would come across a right knob on it. The bloke drinks white wine from a pint glass. He can do what the fuck he wants. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can't fault his England record. It is 100%. So it is. There you go. But I... Because we, we, did, we did bets at the beginning of the season, didn't we, to say what did we think everyone was going to do. And I thought that Mark Hughes was going to be the first person to lose his job. I was wrong. Was However, talking about Southampton, a catalogue of errors from officials Southampton versus Watford Charlie Austin comes out and is basically saying what he thinks about the officials costing them uh, two points and some bright spark turned that rant into this well this is offside it might have been twice hit me Bob Douglas by Dan Foster the best league in the world the most watched league in the world I'd give them all the help they need because clearly they cost us two points a day to Joe <laughs> this week worked hard. Come here to get three points. We deserve three points today. We let down by the officials. That's why we didn't get three points. Oh, Whoever did that, absolutely Brilliant. genius because the timing is impeccable. Oh, amazing. <laughs> right, we'll move on now to the Premier League asking £250,000 for each club to give Richard Scudamore a £5 million bonus <sighs> ahead of him leaving... And uh, he's had 19 years at the organisation, the 59-year-old, stepping down next month. So that'll be a nice little Christmas present for him. I'll put a bit of context in it for you, gents. Is the league's UK television rights were valued at around £670 million when he joined. The last deal was £5.14 billion. Harry, is it right that they're asking clubs to stump up a quarter of a million pounds? It's just greedy, in my opinion. And uh, I've seen that Wolves are one of the ones who are not happy to pay it, because obviously we've just come up and whatever. But it's just crazy. I saw a tweet, someone saying, why not use that money to try and help some like of the grassroots football and things like that, instead of giving it to someone who's a multi-millionaire anyway. It's just, I can't, but it's just a crazy story, in, in my opinion. Would you not think he might be a little bit, um, you know, 
not want to take it. If it considering this, this story is obviously caught up the press's attention quite a bit would you not think he might be a bit embarrassed to take a five million pound bonus now i hope so should but be i don't know yeah, i think if someone offered me five million pounds for what is essentially going to be a couple of days of being a bit embarrassed i think yeah, i'd but, probably take the money yeah but he's probably, how much reckon he's worth anyway yeah, yeah if you've already got a load of million pounds then it, it'd be a different story wouldn't it obviously in, in our, any of our situations we would but if you're already a multi-millionaire would you I, I don't know. It's a weird situation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it works like that in the way that they ask, ask the clubs to donate to to a boat, sort of like a leaving present, isn't it? Really, more than anything. But it's that's a bit of a whip round, isn't it? If you're, you're passing isn't that around it? for a, a leaving do, <laughs> is it actually a bit of a whip round? Because that's not a lot of money to these clubs. Raheem Sterling gets three hundred grand a week, so that's less than yeah. his wages. Yeah, but he plays for Manchester. Yeah, but he plays for Manchester City. If you say two hundred fifty grand to Burnley. But I'm yeah. just trying to say to these clubs, it's not a lot of money because they I are. I think that don't fourteen. I think it's fourteen or sixteen of the teams have to agree, else he's not having it. So hopefully more than what that they should do no. is they should all, all the sixteen teams or whoever says no should go and get the two hundred and fifty grand and give it away to some good causes. That's what they should do. They should do it look as just a, an anonymous sort of honesty box. So like at the end of it, now, <laughs> Man, Man City will put in two hundred grand, and then uh, Burnley will put in like a, a five percenters and a packet of quavers, and just give it all. <laughs> give it all <laughs> to and then just like look at the floor. What are you yeah. looking? What, why are you looking at the floor, Burnley? No reason. No. <laughs> sorry, reason. sorry, Burnley. It's just uh, was yeah. not personal. <laughs> but it just seems like something you'd do. <laughs> right. A quite funny Twitter account I saw the other day. Tottenham is our stadium ready yet I'll just check what the latest thing that's tweeted and it is a no actually various <laughs> entries and, and annoyingly it's got so many followers it's got about four and a half thousand followers following no one else and these accounts seem to be popping up everywhere at the moment so they are, aren't they? we'll, we'll keep thing. an eye on that one <laughs> a big shout out to Chris Lamb who we had on last week who was doing his 100 kilometre run visiting various grounds in between Wembley and the Emirates he completed his run gave himself 12 hours to do it he did it with time to spare he's raising it for his mate Tom and uh, just a big congratulations to him raising money for you know his mate who, who has a terminal disease which is just horrible but um, at least something nice has come out of that in terms of, of raising money did he manage to do uh, his tour of the grounds quicker than Berahino on deadline day <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good question uh, you can still Speaking donate about, as well can't you to that lad so you can you yeah, we, yeah. I th- we've, we did tweet and Facebook the link for that so if you do want to go and give to that yeah. then you can also we caught up with Manny as well following Samosa Saturday Jack is looking a little bit worried because he can't remember if you took part in Samosa Saturday Jack I can confirm you did you did enjoy the <laughs> what, what is this what are you on about I didn't have a Samosa <laughs> you did when so before the Tottenham game they were out there and with with low, thousands and thousands of samosas to raise money for Dementia UK. Okay, then this is an interview we did with Manny earlier this week. Yeah, the um, final count just for the day was an amazing £3,700. Amazing. Just for three hours, <laughs> you know, of the actual being there. Obviously, it took a number of days and weeks planning sure. and getting people on side and getting the stock of samosas as well. Mm. But even since then, believe it or not, supporters from all over the world, from America, from down under in Australia, Denmark, all Wolves fans, and they've all donated since then. Uh, I've had another six or £700 pounds in donations from mm. 
fans who couldn't get there. So just amazing. Now, I was one, um, the 77 Club were part of a, a group, obviously the, the thousands of fans that sort of gave money and, yep. and took those samosas. And, and Manny, honestly, we did really need them by that quarter to eight kickoff. That, so just to soak <laughs> up a little bit of alcohol, that, that seems to be the case, definitely. Now, where, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where do you take this next? What's next for the plans for Well, for to be Manny? honest, I mean, where this is leading up to is um, I'm running uh, a half marathon in the hills, in the Malvern Hills in April with five um, girls that I train with at the gym. So six of us doing that. And two weeks later, I'm uh, riding my bike 100 miles in the Velo Birmingham, which is a, a big, big bike ride that happens um, every year, um, starting in the centre of Birmingham. So those are the two main events this is all leading up to. Manny, whenever I see you tweet, I think of this. I don't know why, I just always seem to think of that, but give us your social media so that people can get involved if they want to get yeah, involved. Yeah, well, um, uh, my Twitter handle is the one that seemed to have done everything, and yeah. um, I sort of set that up as at pedal thing. The pedal is in the bike pedal. Yeah. People have called me pedal since then, and my name's not pedal, by the way. The pedal <laughs> was just a reference to my cycling right. <laughs> when I set it up for raising funds for Birmingham Children's Hospital. Uh, but the, the handle is actually thing when you're winning. Um, but the it. thing is S-I-N-G-H um, so um, uh, that's, uh, that's the main where the, the followership has sort of grown and where the people I've met who organised um, uh, helped me organise this event last week um, I am on Facebook Manny Singkang and um, I've also got Instagram account as well which I use a little bit less but um, it just shows you the power you know social media is there and gets abused a lot but if you use it in the right way and connect with the right people, yeah. then um, it's spreading the message and getting people to help. You know. Manny, thank you so much for talking to the 77 Club. Best of luck with the yep. rest of your fundraising and hopefully see yep. you at one of the games. Yeah, thank you, Sam, and uh, hopefully see you soon and let's keep going and winning matches and enjoying this amazing season and thank you very much. Hi, this is Jazza. Welcome to the 77 High Street Club. Is that right? Ah, oh. uh, yeah. So, no, good. Good doing some fundraising. That's good. We had samosas before the Tottenham game. Yep. Where? Lovely. Where did we go from? Do we, we pay for them, yeah? I'd... Yeah. Well, yeah, we donated money. And yeah. where, where were they? Where were they? Where yeah, we steal them. So, sort of, from what I remember, before you go down into the subway. Ah, yeah. I, I remember I've got that, no man. recollection of that, man. Like, I'm not, not at all. <laughs> to be honest, uh, uh, yeah, quarter to eight kickoffs, not a good idea. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, it was, I'm sure it was lovely. Uh, yeah, it was lovely. Did, did I have a pie in the ground as well? or just a You spice? did, yeah, you did. Oh, bloody double carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Carb aside. Anyway, we'll move on to some questions. Harry, if you want to grab the ones from Facebook, I'll just read out the ones from Twitter. Okay. Uh, first on. one, what would you rather be doing right now, creating chances but not taking them like we are, or creating far fewer chances but converting a far greater percentage of them? Seems like an obvious answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I'm guessing you'd obviously want to take more chances, wouldn't you? Potentially, or I think it might mean no. Convert it, them is, is the answer, surely. But will that mean we don't we don't play the same way? You know what I mean? Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Would you want to play like long ball Sam Allardyce no, football no. if you're guaranteed next? But be in the top six, yeah. Would you? But the oh, moment, yeah, the moment, yeah, of course, yeah. Would that get you to the top six though, playing like that? Well, no, but if you look, we've got 15 points now and if you'd be in the top six on, what, 22, if it would have got us more points, 
obviously you'd only want to take the more goals if it did end up getting you more points across the same amount of games so mm. we're not that far off the top six really if we'd if we'd had a couple more wins in there we would have we would be there so but if we played that negative star would we have got points off City Man U and Arsenal but that's not the question I know <laughs> <laughs> uh, what position do you think needs strengthening slash more depth the most up front uh, it's got to be striker hasn't it but I don't want to yes. say that because Jimenez is the man but yeah we need backup to Jimenez definitely I would just spend as much money as the Chinese can get their hands on in January on a, just one striker leave the rest it's not broken don't need to fix it just buy someone that's going to stick the ball in the net I think maybe you'd have to have a look don't again as we have been through all of Nuno's reign we've been very fortunate with injuries so also to answer that question think about other areas that we'd probably need a bit more depth in so potentially centre midfield still because you know we've only really got three centre midfielders would be another area to look to strengthen and possibly another centre back anyone Harry anything yeah on so on Facebook this is a quite a good one I actually would love to have this player Tim Jackson's uh, asked do you think Loftus-Cheek would fit in and would we actually get him yeah. I really like him that would be amazing wouldn't it Loftus-Cheek he's like huge yeah. powerful he'd be like a really good version of Endai I think ticks all the boxes doesn't it young high quality don't think he'd come to us though because I think he's starting to play for Chelsea now and he's got a few goals lately he's in the England squad as well isn't he? I can't yeah. see it if I'm honest they only care about money I'd love him he'd be incredible if we but, could get him so, but how yeah. far how far do you think we are off a really big marquee signing coming to us because if we establish ourselves as the top our Premier League team like Moutinho well you know okay let's say an English star then or you know bringing in a, a player from, from that sort of level from the top I seats. doubt English because obviously we're overseas aren't we so I like the other week when uh, Bailey said we, he thinks we could get Diego Costa I think that's I don't think we could I think he's too I'd love Diego name. Costa I'd, I'd love him my but, number one pick Biggest dream of having a str- him, someone like him. How old is he now, though? Mid-30s. I don't know. But don't you think that's out of reach, someone like him? Don't you think that's a bit? I, I, bit? I think it still is, but I'd, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love Diego. Because of his imagine? age, I think there is a half a chance. But other than that, no, in his prime, no chance, obviously. But then he was like a 80, 90 million quid striker. Yeah. Uh, another question. My dad said, "Have you got the tune ticket yet, Jack?" But we know about that. You will get. Can it. you read that feed? Because it's quite funny. Because he, he's not taking the other half now, is he? <laughs> yeah, his mate said, "Are you taking the other half?" And he said, "Nah, going in with the mighty fans. Tune one forty nine quid for the war lass and twenty four pound for free for a three year old. So she's going to watch it on Sky." If, for, <laughs> for the listener, for the listeners, my dad lives in Ashington in Newcastle, but he's originally from here. Anyway, next question. Oh, well, this is for you, Bayless, but you've discussed this already, haven't you, the other week? It's uh, James Affaley, I think you pronounce it, Affaley. Have Fusen got plans in place to build behind the South Bank like Liverpool did? The work could start any time if like to get planning permission. You, you covered that, didn't you, Bayless? We, covered it, we touched on it a little bit. If you want to know the actual ins and outs of it and get really bored into planning legislation and where we can struggle and things, then come and find us pissed in a pub before a game and I'll explain it. But <laughs> it's really long-winded and it the process is a lot longer than you'd ever think so unless they've really gone a long way in this process already because I know they haven't applied for planning because I haven't seen it on the Wolverhampton planning portal Mm. Um, so I know it's not even under review yet and that could still take a while I still think Carillion or whoever Carillion's creditors are own the car park behind the South Bank which is another issue we touched on I think this is a bit further off than you would than you'd than you'd think at the moment but for all we know they've agreed everything in the background and they push the button after Christmas and it all goes. Are you saying that there's something wrong with the green stand? <laughs> um, I think it falls down architecturally. Well, I hope it doesn't because that would Not be bad. Not structurally. <laughs> but we obviously want something impressive, don't we? That's what that's what we need now to really push us into the next... I think the, 
Maybe. The big thing you said, Bailey, this is what they do at Liverpool did, and that's what you said, wasn't it? Build while it's still open. So that's all yeah. we need to know, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good. That thing. is a construction technique that's widely used. So yeah, it, it's possible. The thing is, though, they don't wanna, they don't wanna hang about really when we're playing like this because there's what a two and a half thousand season ticket yeah. waiting list plus the amount of tickets you'd be able to sell match to match to match if we had the capacity. So you know you could probably it's probably a demand per per game, particularly per big game of what an extra ten thousand home tickets probably mm-hmm. potentially, and that's you know that that revenue starts to um, starts to uh, clock up after you missed, have a few games where you're, you're sold out. So ideally, they want to do it as soon as possible, wouldn't they? Potentially, but obviously we're talking about the Emirates, weren't we? And how, and actually Arsenal Fan TV personnel were talking about it as well, was that the first game of the season against City, there were empty seats in the stadium because they weren't playing well. Now they're winning games, lots of people have come back. There are empty seats on Sunday. Yeah, so there must be a correlate. I mean, Jack, you're obviously talking about it from a fan's point of view of getting as many football fans of Wolverhampton Wanderers in as possible. But realistically, a lot of these teams now in the Premier League are being run as businesses because yeah. the price of a season ticket at the Emirates is ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. I mean, quid. we was in, me and Seb was in the worst possible box you can go in, not the cheapest one, and it was incredible. It's a good stadium, and you've got to admit it's an impressive it's stadium. Stunning stadium. It's, impressive. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, an incre- it's an incredible structure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's unreal. It's it's from a uh, Tom Bayliss Bayliss. Oh God, that possibly, like that's not Tom Bayliss Bayliss. This is actually a good question. Actually, he's put a. Uh, can you discuss having a tailgate style fan zone on the car park next to the ground before games, just like they have it in the NFL merchandise, food and beer activities, ex-player meet and greets? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it, if they could pull that off? Well, to be fair, we went tailgating before the Rapids game in when we went to America, didn't we? And it is great. It's just beer, pizza, and everything. But we haven't got enough space to uh, to put build a new stadium at the moment. Would that be on Asda Car Park or what? Where are we going to do that? I don't know. So what? You'd have to build like a new structure for it and all that. You can't just like whack up marquees outside. And <laughs> you'd need you need a big open space, really. I don't know where you'd be able to do it, but potentially on the North Bank car park. But I'm guessing that's full during matchday days, mostly. Yeah. I don't know. But. Basically, all I remember from tailgating at Colorado Rapids was doing a drunk interview and then Bailey threw a bottle of water at me. <laughs> that's essentially what happened. So we were trying to be professional and do an interview, and then I just got very, very wet. It is. It is a brilliant idea, though. It is a fantastic mm. idea. I think we paid what, like twenty dollars a head. And oh, it was an absolute bargain. Out, pizzas, kebabs, steaks. The like thing is, it's, unreal. It's, it's not actually sort of uh, commercially run. It's by fans of the club. They get together, and the reason it's so cheap is that the one guy will come and he'll bring and he'll put the pizzas on. The other guy will do the burger. Someone else will bring some beers. So it's like everyone's contributes to to. Uh, the, the facilities that are there not on a commercial level so it's not the club trying to make money it's the fans putting back in what they can bring to, to the proceedings which yeah it's a great idea and I'd love it but I can't see it happening Do you think as well the like attitude of American fans sport in general especially it's when different. they're drinking is completely different to what oh, it is because yeah. realistically let's face it is that if you turn up to outside Molyneux with some pizza on the back of a van the likelihood is someone's going to come over and lob it at you <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of where we would be if we were tailgating outside Molyneux I'm sure it'd just be the attitude sure. get as much booze and as much food as you possibly can in an hour and bugger yeah. off into the ground whereas it was really social wasn't it they had like interviews going on and people were chatting with each other it wasn't just a mad rush for the food and booze and how did that end up the, the three British people trying to be professional had a water fight with each other yeah it's a, cult, it's a <laughs> cultural thing isn't it? we basically did what every British football fan would do yeah, Wolves fat like British football fans just want to go to the pub and down eight ale, don't they? They don't want to be. It's just cultural. But the way foods are, now, they they like getting ideas off other people, don't they? Like all these fireworks and all that they started doing now. So you never know. Way down the line, we might see it. I do think 
seeing an, like seeing the catering and stuff at Wolves get better would be great because at the moment it's a it's a pie that's all right and the beer's crap. It would yeah. be great to have a to want to be in the ground. That would be a huge thing for me. I'd like it. You know, I'd love to stand it behind in the concourse for 20, 30 minutes before kickoff, enjoying a nice pint and something to eat. Yeah, but then you'd, you'd also get critics of that because they they think a lot of our sport is on the way to being looking at the Emirates and stuff like that, Americanized anyway. So yeah, but not everyone know. has to do it. People don't have to do it. They don't want to. Well, yeah, I I'd like. Yeah, I'd, I'd be you up can for stay it, in the but... moon and and drink, which is great. That's what we do. But it's nice to have another option. Very true. Uh, I think we've got a couple more questions on this. One second. One from Shiv says, what are your thoughts on internationals generally? How long will it be till the World Cup is on Sky? I'll just do a quick rundown of the Wolves players who are actually on international duty. You've got Johnny for Spain. Then Donk has been picked for Belgium, which I don't know if we're quite surprised about that, seeing as he hasn't played minutes apart from in the League Cup. Matt Doherty, he's... Uh, looks like he's picked up a knock. Could be injured for the game against Huddersfield, but I think he was expected to be back. He's just taken a knock to the cheek. Gibbs White is there for England under-19s. Jimenez for Mexico. You've got Ruben Neves, Patricio playing for Portugal. Uh, Diogo Jota, under-21s Portugal. Ruben Vinagre, under-20s Portugal. And Romain Seis is getting game time for Morocco too. But we'll go back to the question... Um, what do we think about internationals so far? We know they get in the way, but do you think they'll ever be turned into games that will only be appearing on Sky? I mean, it's pretty much halfway there yeah, anyway, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, there, there did used to be. A lot of the international qualifying used to be on, on Sky, didn't it? Going back a few years. And still, is it still? I can't They've got a lot of England, haven't they, this time? So yeah, um, ITV um, are struggling to keep hold of it, aren't they? I don't England think... Game. I don't know if this is still true or changed over time, but when I was doing PE at school we learnt about there's certain sporting events that have to be on terrestrial television and it's like the boat race the Grand National and I think the World Cup is, is one of them so mm. unless uh, the rules have changed for similar sports that were on that list which I think they might have done then I think the World Cup at the, for the time being has to be on terrestrial TV whether that will change in the future I think they'll have to change it for, for various sports as well but they might have already done it for some I don't know Well I think they lost that argument in the Ashes didn't they? Okay there we go then so yeah they must have already been done Um I think the World Cup's always going to be on terrestrial telly because it is just massive. It's way bigger than everything else. If you play in Liechtenstein on a Thursday night in, you know, a, a Lomba tour. It's not competitive football, yeah. is it? It's not proper Apart football. from this Nations League is sort of... Like the Olympics, it's a similar thing. That but the thing is, but, but for that reason, if it's, if it's the most popular sporting events, eventually, would they not place people like Sky be able to pay more for the rights to them than the BBC or ITV? Why well, do you want to pay for the rights to them? It's like, it's like scraping the barrel. I don't know. I think the BBC just don't waste their money on it, rather than Sky outbidding them. No, but I'm on about the I'm on about the World Cup, not about the qualifiers. Yeah, I think the World Cup still classes though, as as we as you were saying, that BBC just get it, beat it, they share it, don't they? Yeah, it's shared between terrestrial. But very good. And one finally, Traore's one on one at the weekend with Leno, set up by the cross slash artistic hoof from Bolly. Was it a good save, or was it another sign of the frustration he may cause through his decision making and not taking his chances, Bayliss? Yeah, I've had this conversation with a few people, Wolves fans and people I was at the game with who were Arsenal neutral fans as well. The lad is superb on the ball until he has to do anything. <laughs> he what? Until he's got to, until he's got to do a bit of skill or or do something a bit different. He's he's decision making. He takes right, the game yeah. away. He's the only player I've ever seen that takes the game away from an opposition with having no skill at all. Tap and go. It's his pace and it? it's just his blistering pace. But he he yeah. just worries everyone. But, but that's um, why we create that Gibbs White chance. Is that he supported him and we had the chance to offload. 
I think we've got to call the West Ham goaler a fluke or a good finish on his part, one that he's done out of 10 chances he's probably had. But he probably isn't skillful enough to have rounded the keeper there like maybe a Costa or a Jota would have. One thing that I said on the WhatsApp group actually in the week is that people were still just calling for him to start. And if if anything, <clears> I think in the last few weeks, especially after he'd had his chance to start, to me it's reiterated that he... he can't start he, he he's most effective when he comes on in these sort of situations and uh it worries me when he, if he's on on the on the, the, the starting lineup really and i don't know what your thoughts are on that but i personally there's nothing against him it's just the type of player he is just because he's come with an 18 million pound price tag doesn't mean that he has to start yeah and i think he's most effective not starting from I, mean, what I, yeah, I think like we said against brighton didn't we because they were so deep he can't be effective but he was perfect against arsenal because he had space in behind but if you think about it, i think jack you said when we first signed him because of how good he is and like his pace and that if he could finish and he was amazing on the ball he would not be playing for us he'd be at a higher team because of his pace and his size if he was amazing on the ball he'd be the full package wouldn't he he'd be like Ronaldo you're right now it sounded like a couple of minutes ago I slammed him there I wasn't he's very very good at what he does and that's why he plays for us and I think he does his job brilliantly well I think it's more about us playing as a team and getting in situations where he creates us the chances which he's done He's done it a couple of times. He's a threat, isn't he? Dan, do you think he's improved since we signed him? Yeah, his thinking football's a lot better. He now gets around the back and he looks for the square balls, which he's done. I think, fair enough, when he gets one over the top and just has to chase it, he probably will get it, but that's where he's that's where he's probably his most vulnerable. But when he's getting in these positions and just beating people for pace over five or ten yards, he's creating a lot, lot more chances for us. Give him... A bit of credit. It was the right decision to give it Gibbs White right at the end. That's Usually, what I said. Like, yeah, you try and take him on or whatever. You know, yeah. that was a good decision, wasn't it? Just to pass yeah, it back to Gibbs White. His thinking football's got better. Let's just admire that turn of pace for that for that one on one. That was just incredible, oh, wasn't oh, it? It's, like, it's just blistering. You got you know a top six Premier League defender, and he's just left him for dead there. It's, it's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> meep meep. <laughs> yeah, it is though, isn't it? He is like Roadrunner. Like saying before, I think we started recording was that when he was chasing down the ball so there just wasn't a lost cause which is really refreshing to see and and everyone seems to be fighting for Nuno which is brilliant but the way that Leno was passing it out and he was almost catching up with the pass which is just it's just crazy we'll move on now to this Harry's funny story yeah there's only one way we could go this week obviously in a few days our mate Harry Redknapp is entering the jungle now I love that (laughs) This is going to be incredible. Now, there's been a few funny tweets. Peter Crouch tweeted out, can I just state on record, please, I am not a luxury item. Hashtag I'm a celebrity. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Raphael van der Vaart announced his retirement and then he put a few days later, oh, I should never announce my retirement. And he posted a screenshot of missed call from Hey Redknapp, missed call from ITV Productions. <laughs> Trying to get him in the jungle. Well, I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be to incredible, be, isn't it? Yeah, to be fair, I agree. Off topic, uh, of, well, kind of on to- topic because of Harry Redknapp, but they've actually booked some well-known people this time, haven't they? I think. Yeah. Like, the lineup's actually really good. A lot of the time you go down the list, like, I don't know who that is, don't know who that is, but most of them you do. So, Holly Willie, baby, that'll do. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, betting ben- odds. Uh, and, and ticket, ticket news. news one second see if that works hi I'm Steve Ball kind of into the 77 club not really is that Stephen Hawking that one who did that <laughs> uh, Bayliss has your latest betting odds for England and some international it's all international actually so what we've done with our partners over at Fans Bet is we've had a look at some Wolves players playing around the, the world of international football and there's a couple of interesting ones 
pretty hard to pick them, to be perfectly honest. So we just have to go with who's about. First one, uh, Patricio, just to keep a clean sheet against Italy. Get about two and a half to one on that. So that's a fairly decent bet. Ruben Neves to score at any time versus Italy. Getting seven and a half to one. Or Raul Jimenez to score. And Mexico to win or draw. Seven and a half to one. I'm having that. And then the last one. Nice. The last one is Dendonka to score at any time versus Iceland at 10 to 1 but that will mean he actually has to play a game of football he will he'll start for them so that's it there is a Matt Doherty one but um, sounds he's like injured, he's injured isn't he sounds like he's out yeah I think he's returned from the squad even so yeah it's a bit slim pickings obviously because it's international break but if you want to follow some of the Wolves lads there's, there's plenty out there they're all on fans bet as always sign up as a Wolves fan the Wolves 77 club you'll get all your specials to you thank you Jas, got your ticket news. Um, yeah, and there is actually a bit of bit of news this week. Um, the, the two home games, so the Huddersfield game on the 25th and the Chelsea game on the 5th of December, they are both now sold out. So your only chances for that are if some season ticket holders uh, release tickets by um, using the club's buyback scheme. But looking ahead to the away games now, the Cardiff away game, which is the Friday night on Sky 30th of November, there are still tickets left for that, amazingly. So I think that's probably been the slowest selling away game of the season so far, obviously just because it's on Sky and it's a Friday night. But that's currently on sale as of today, which is Wednesday, to season ticket holders with 1,030 loyalty points. And as of Thursday, tomorrow, it will be on sale to season ticket holders with at least 1,020 loyalty points. And... Uh, looking online I think there's probably just over around 300 tickets left for that game so it's a, you've got a chance if you're a season ticket holder with uh, you know uh, th- those sort of numbers of points you've got a chance of getting to the away game there so uh, get your skates on with that also the Newcastle away game so information for that has been announced we've got an allocation of 3,200 for that uh, that is on the 9th of December that 4pm kickoff on the Sunday which is also on Sky so it'll be interesting to see how tickets sell for this one that is currently on sale to the away season ticket holders now as we speak. That will be on sale to season ticket holders with 1,060 loyalty points as of Saturday. That includes Harry's dad. Um, <laughs> and then uh, as of 1,050 points on Monday, 1,040 on Tuesday and so on. Priced at £30 for adults and £22 for concessions. And that's it for now. Right, OK, it's time for this. It comes from Bayless this week. Magic mirror on the wall. Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? His is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77 Club Quiz. It's around the basis of mascots. Team mascots. Is I'm going to give you the name of the mascot. All you're going to do is tell me the team. First one, Jack. Ozzy the Owl. I've got to go with Sheffield Wednesday. Nice. Harry. Mm. Busby. Uh, Watford. Brentford. It is Brent. Damn. Gunnosaurus Rex. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> is it Arsenal? They get a lot harder. I wouldn't have knew that. Jack. You wouldn't have known Godosaurus? Nah. It's, oh, it is yeah. the worst mascot ever. <laughs> big, big green dinosaur. Jack, can you tell me where Donny Dog is from? I would like to say uh, Doncaster. Full name? The football team name? Oh, but for, for, what? oh Doncaster Rovers? <laughs> oh. 
Oh, oh come on! You weren't gonna. You wouldn't. If I just said Doncaster, then that wouldn't have been alright. I didn't know whether you knew what the, the proper name was. <laughs> Harry. Doncaster United. <laughs> Harry. Mary Rose. Uh, Blackburn Rovers. Logical thinking, chap. Portsmouth. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard. That one. Sam. Hi there. Oh, Monty God. Magpie. Oh. Nah, that could be that could be Notts County. I'm gonna go Notts County. Oh bollocks! It's Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle. This one you may have heard of in the media. There was a bit of a frenzy about him. His name's Ki- his name's Kingsley Jack. Where's he from? His name's his name's Kingsley. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna think outside the box. It's not the name of the bloody boiler from West Brom, is it? It's not. It's not the name of the boiler. <laughs> that would have been that would have been excellent. Bit right. <laughs> He's actually he's the Partick Thistle guy. Have you seen him? He's like the the weird shaped oh, star yeah, with the funny looks, face. Yeah, uh, that looks weird. It does look weird. Harry, where is Stamford the Lion from? Chelsea. Very good. Very points good. on the board for Harry. Sam. Hi there. Can you tell me where Sammy the Stag is from? Stags. Is it Notts County? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You're really, you're really close though. It's Mansfield. Uh, it Sam, you're going to be like that guy on, on Family Fortunes. You said turkey for every answer. <laughs> 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 right, last round, chaps. It's all to play for. Jack, you're on two. The other two of you, you are on one. Jack, it's your turn. This will clinch it for you as well. Can you tell me where Zampa the lion is from? Uh... I'm just going to have to go anything that's a lion and say Millwall. Very good. Oh, nice. That's good. Same with the lion theme, Harry. Can you tell me where Rory the lion is from? There are two possible answers. I know that. It's uh, Haven Holiday Park. (laughs) (laughs) Tiger Club. I'm going to have to just guess. Uh, Yeovil. You could have had two answers. Middlesbrough is the sort of obvious one. The more difficult one would have been Macclesfield. Ooh. Can you tell me, Sam, where is Mighty Mariner from? I know that. Jesus. You should know this. I feel like I should know it. But I don't. Countdown <laughs> clock, please. Um... <laughs> Grimsby. <laughs> Shut And just like that, another episode of the 77 Club comes to an end. Your pundits this week have been Harry Mansell. Goodbye, everybody. Dan Bayliss. Goodbye, the Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Thanks for listening. Good night. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.